Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome our online viewers, those of you that are listening on the podcast. Hope Covenant can put your hands together for our online viewers and listeners. Good to have you with us. We say it every week. We'll say it again. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, stop on by and we'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? How many of you know God is good? The Lord is good. I'm going to take this message slow. I think it's going to be a two-week message. I thought it was going to be a one-week message, but... Uh, I just really, really feel the Lord this morning in a special way. Um, I feel the Lord saying this, and I think many of us, we, we're supposed to walk in peace, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to learn this. We're going to look at what Scripture says. Nothing really should rob your peace, but how many of you know it, it does because we're humans? Um, are we human or are we dancers? That's a song. Um, we're, we're humans, and, and we, we experience the interruption of peace on a regular basis. And, you know, the, the Bible's very clear that as we get into the end times, this is going to be more and more of a challenge because we know there's a, a lack of peace that many are experiencing because men's hearts, and that's, by the way, gender neutral, men and women's hearts are going to fail them because of fear. Um, which you, you can't have peace if you're in fear. And there's so much fear and such a lack of peace. Um, there's an interesting thing that, that happened a, a couple of nights ago. We lost our internet. We have AT&T fiber. Um, and uh, one of the Duke Energy guys cut the line in our neighborhood, and we haven't had internet. And we're a millennial couple that uh, we're on the older end of millennial, but we're still by the skinny skin skin of our teeth. Liz and I are still millennials. And uh, so we don't have cable. You know, that's like we don't do that. We do internet-based streamed uh, TV. We have, we have Hulu. That's what we use specifically. And we haven't had it for the past couple of days. And it's amazing how peaceful it's been in the house. Well, I don't have the news and TV on. And we've been able to have like normal people conversations where we're looking at each other and we're not distracted. Because what happened at the same time that our fiber was cut, AT&T had a problem with their towers and all of our towers went down. So we didn't have phones or internet or anything but Liz and I in the house. And it was a beautiful thing. And there was so much peace in the house. And I went, oh, my Lord, this is what it used to be like, you know, like back in the day. This is awesome. But, you know, peace is not supposed to be a back-in-the-day experience. All this technology, it's hilarious that we've, we're, we're so relational on the interweb, but we're not talking to the person that's right next to us, right? It's like we're at the dinner table texting, could you, could you pass me the potatoes, please? It, rather than having, like, we've lost even dating right now, like the dating scene. In, in, and I know many of you that are single, all the single ladies, all the, all the single guys, you know, like, hey, it's hard to even find somebody who can have a decent conversation and look at you in the eyes. It's, it's become so challenging. And I believe a lot of that is because of technology and distractions. And that's why I wanted to address 
There is no irony. It is downright spiritual that there is distraction. And we've been addressing this week after week after week here at this church. So many distractions. It's even hard to come into the house of God. It's like I see all the time. And even some pastor friends of mine, it's like they, they got one hand lifted in the phone, like recording worship. Like, it's a good song. Are, are you worshiping the Lord? Or are you worshiping worship? Put your device away and give God your attention. It's like, oh, that's, that's my favorite. I'll tell you, this happens to me a couple weeks ago. We did a song that I know y'all love, and I'm not even going to say which one it is. And I was like wondering where y'all were until we got to that song. And the Holy Spirit said to me, they're not worshiping me. They're worshiping worship right now. They like that song. And I went, ooh. And, and you know, I do it too. Like I worship really well to the songs that I love. But how many of you know, it, the one that we love is the one that receives our worship. It shouldn't matter the song that we're singing. You go, I thought this was a message on peace. This sounds like random thoughts on Christianity. Where are you going with this? What's going this? I thought this was going to be like a good message. You know, look, it all has to do with what we're dealing with as a society right now. And there are forever. That's why I was encouraging, you know, our online viewers. I understand that we have deadlines and we have dates and there's times we have to get stuff done. But my God, on Sunday, it stops. It's the house of God as a priority. We've got to get our priorities straight, start following principles of scripture or there will be no peace. Because following the scriptural principles of how we're supposed to live is how you get peace. So with that being said, Paul said this to the church of Philippi in Philippians four verses four to nine. How many of you know it's the truth that sets us free? So there's sometimes where God assigns me to say some things that are, I just would rather not say because they're not cute and beautiful and they, you know, they could be a little offensive to our flesh, but we have to offend our flesh in order to become people of the spirit. That's really good. If you're taking notes, you probably want to write that down. You're going to have to offend your flesh in order to be a person of the spirit. And in a generation where everything offends us and we avoid offense, I would encourage you to actually offend your flesh. I say this because I've been saying it for weeks now since Easter, that at the center of the cross, you got the cross and it's your will, his will. And one of them is going to have to die. You can't have both. This is not a Burger King Christianity. You can't have it your way. It's his way. That's why you, sometimes you'll hear me say during worship, you know, just, just go ahead and, and, and worship. Just, you know, lift up your own words to him. But you'll never hear me say worship in your own way. There's only one way to worship, and Scripture gives us a menu for that. You'll never hear this guy say worship in your own way. Do not worship in your own way. Philippians 4, it, thank you. Thank you. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, good. Y'all are out there. Philippians 4. Chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Always, everybody say always. always. Be full of joy in the Lord. Okay, you can stop repeating me. Good. Thank you, choir. Appreciate that. Always be. I just wanted you to say always. I'm sorry. That was my instructional issues. Always. We're going to have fun this morning. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Why is he saying it again? When he just said, always be full of joy, because repetition's revelation. We need to hear this over and over and over again, which is why we read scripture over and over and over again, because there's something new, a nugget for us every time we read it. So I say, be full of joy. In case you didn't catch it, I say it again, rejoice. 
Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do and remember the Lord's coming soon. You got a challenge. You got a struggle. You looking at obstacles. Remember, it's wrapping up. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray. Take it to prayer. Pray about everything. There's nothing too small. There's nothing too... He cares about the details. I had somebody ask me this week, I, I would like to ask you to pray for this. And I'm sorry, I know it's, it's kind of like, it's so small. I said, look, the Lord cares about every detail. He cares about every detail in that scripture. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And let's thank him in advance for all he's done. I like to pray and thank him in advance. It's already accomplished when I know it's his will. Because then... Then, when you give it to God and you drop it off in prayer, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand, whether you get it or not. I don't know how, Lord. How are you going to work it out? Who cares? Just get in a place of peace. Give it to God. Cast every care, every weight, and every burden at his feet. Thank him it's already done. Don't worry. Short hair don't care. God's yours then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. And check it out. When you have that, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Why do we have a generation that are experiencing a lot of mental illnesses? Because they haven't been introduced to the Lord where they don't have his peace and then they don't have anything guarding their hearts and their minds and they're not living in Christ. I just gave you the recipe to fix the disaster right there. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, not what's false, what's true. And honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You keep meditating on the problem. Would you get your mind off the problem? Get in the presence of the Lord. Marinate in his glory. That's what allows your faith to start rising like a crock pot in the kitchen. You go, oh, it's already done. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. What's the then? Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise because then you get the God of peace. You see the clause? You see the clause? It's so good. I love this, that Jesus died not only for our sin, but Jesus literally died to give us peace. Think about that. Jesus didn't just die for your sin. He died so you could be at peace. Here's a scripture for it. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Probably never thought about it that way. The punishment that brought us peace. Peace is a blessing that everyone who knows the Lord has access to. Why is it important to bring a generation to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Eternal security, that they could be at peace. This is good kingdom preaching right here. Psalms 29 verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. 
the Lord blesses his people with peace. Peace is a blessing that everyone that knows the Lord has access to. When you don't know the Lord, it's hard to access peace because he is peace. Jesus is peace. That's what we just read. Jesus is peace. Psalms 119, verse 165, those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. What happens when we don't love the Lord's instructions? We're probably going to lack some peace. The most miserable people, the, the people that lack the peace the most are the ones that are ignoring Jesus. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. So what's keeping you from dwelling in a place of peace? And I want to ask you that. This is a rhetorical question, but write it down. Maybe you need to meditate. What is robbing my peace? You can't be at peace and be, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't truly be at peace and not be in right standing with God. You need to be in right standing with God in order to truly be at peace. 1 Peter 3, verse 11, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. I'm going to read that again. This is a verse that you need to write down. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. The Lord's been really on me about this. What am I doing that is not pleasing to the Lord, and as a result, it's robbing my peace? What's, where is that? What is robbing my peace? Here's the result of pursuing a righteous lifestyle in Isaiah 32, verses 17 and 18. And the righteousness will bring peace. There's a correlation to righteousness and peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in safety quietly at home. They will be at rest. Man, when you get into right standing with the Lord, it's amazing how you can lay your head on the pillow and just go to sleep and trust him. And trust him. I can't skip. I, this is scripture. This is not commonly preached in the American church anymore. Because we have disorder. We're going to get there too. We're going to talk about order. You can't have peace if you don't trust God. Psalm 72 verse 7. In the days of his reign, the righteous will spring forth with the abundance, which means above and beyond all that you need of peace and prosperity forevermore. It links it to prosperity. The righteous will spring forth. When you live righteous, you open yourself up to peace. You open yourself up to prosperity. But you can't have that if you don't trust God. Not trusting God being in fear is the quickest way to lose your peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace. Not just peace. Now we're talking about perfect peace. All who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Lack of peace, lack of calling my thoughts into the obedience of Christ Jesus, which is so important. Are you striving or have you given what's robbing your peace to the Lord? Because this is another thing, and I see a lot of righteous people do this. In fact, Liz and I were just in touch with a, 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 a pastoral couple, and they're struggling with anxiety. And we're like, what you're struggling with is you're striving. 
And they're, it's like they're on this multi, multi-level marketing church growth plan. It's, they're putting all this pressure. And I was like, hold on. Unless the Lord builds the church, they the labor, labor in vain. Just please the Lord and worship and give it to him and watch what God does. Just give it to the Lord. Get off the treadmill of performance. I want to say this, that if you're on the treadmill of performance, you're not walking by faith. Because there's a direct correlation to the treadmill of performance and having to see it in order to be satisfied. We're supposed to be satisfied before we see it. That's what living in faith is. In other words, you don't see the miracle. This requires faith, and that unlocks the miracle, ironically. Are you striving, or have you given what's robbing your peace to the Lord? I want you to ask yourself the question, what's robbing my peace? What do I need to surrender to the Lord so I can experience freedom? Isaiah 26, verse 12 in the NIV. Lord, you established peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you're the one who did it. A note for those that are struggling with striving. And by the way, that's me. I'm pointing to me here. Lord, you establish peace for us. And all that I've accomplished, Father, all that I've done, it's not been in my strength. You did it for me. You lined it up. You made it work out. You know the beauty of the Lord getting all the credit for everything is, you know, when, it, when it's not working out, you can go, Lord, this is your problem. This is your problem. This business you've assigned me to, this is your issue. I, you told me to do it. I'm just trying to be obedient. But because I'm doing this by faith, you know, you'll get the credit when it's good. You'll get the credit when it's bad. You need to work this out. Your problem. Man, what a peaceful place to be in. If God doesn't care enough to bless it, well, I'll, all right, whatever. I'll walk away. And I've been there before. I've been there with this church before. Like, Lord, if you don't care enough to grow it, well, you know, whatever. Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. Here's an invitation. It's getting quiet in this Pentecostal church. I'll tell you what. I think it's because it's really ringing true for many of us. Here's an invitation to each of us that we can be at peace. And here's how to access it. Jesus said this in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? That's a question. Come to me and I'll refresh your life for I am, an oasis. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and discover that, check this out, I'm gentle, I'm humble, and I'm easy to please. Everybody say that the Lord is easy to please. Easy to please. I love that. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Jesus isn't going to give you something that with his power you can't do. He'll assign you to do things in your power and your strength that you can't do. But what he's going to ask you to do, he says it right here. I'm going to read that again. Simply join your life with mine and learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. And you'll find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require will be pleasant and easy to bear. When you're at peace, it'll lead to a place of consistent stability and order. There's a direct correlation to consistency and order in being at peace. Jesus said this, 
John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace, and in this world you will have trouble, but, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I've over, in other words, you're going to experience issues. You're going to experience problems. You're going to experience things that are swirling around you. But no matter what happens in the world, we can remain at peace because he tells us right here, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be issues, but take heart. I've already overcome all that. You should rest no matter what is swirling around you, trying to rob your peace. Psalms four verses eight. This is where I'll read this in peace. I will lie down and sleep for you alone. Lord, make me dwell in safety. You know, the average American is sleep deprived because they're lacking peace, because we're lacking trust. And you can't be at peace if you do not trust the Lord. There is some point where you have to shake yourself, address the spirit of fear and say, I am going to sleep. I know so many young people that are calling me saying, I am not sleeping well. And they're wondering why their mind isn't going crazy. Well, just naturally speaking, your body needs sleep in order for you to be at peace, which is why, by the way, that's a form of torture. They, They don't let you sleep because they know you can't be at peace and you go crazy when you don't sleep. So right here, it's saying, I'm going to give you sleep so you're not going to go crazy. You're not alone. You dwell in the Lord's safety. Some of you need to declare that verse over your sleep. Psalms 4.8, Father, I thank you tonight. And listen, this really matters. When you are struggling with this, you declare this and speak with authority over your situation where you're not sleeping. I will lie down and sleep. Notice that's a command. You command your body. You're going to sleep. Because we've all been there where we look at the alarm clock and we're like, okay, if I go to sleep right now, it's one o'clock in the morning, I can get six hours of sleep. Now it's two o'clock, I can get five hours of sleep. Now it's three o'clock, I can get four hours. You know, like, how many of you have ever been there? You stare at the clock and you're like, in Jesus' name, die. (laughs) Just stand still. I need to sleep. Because there's a direct correlation between sleeping and peace. This is scripture, guys. You can't argue with this. I mean, you can, but you're, you're dumb. <laughs> Walking in God's peace opens the door to accomplishing God's assignment in your life without restraint. Can, I'm going to read that again because that was really better than you amened. Walking in God's peace opens the door to accomplishing God's assignment in your life without restraint. Many of you are waiting for it all to work out so you can be at a place of peace. Can I tell you, that's fake. That's not peace. Peace goes beyond the situation. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You get peace when times are good, God's good. When times are bad, God's still good. Amen? You need peace so that it will work out. You cannot fully accomplish God's plan for your life when you're lacking peace. Because then you open your mind to all the harassing thoughts which make you feel less than. The Bible says, no, you've got the mind of Christ. You don't have to dwell on those things. And I love this. Jesus prepared the disciples. Guys, Jesus was so deliberate in every aspect of what he did. And I love this. This needs to be, if you hear anything today, hear this. Jesus is preparing the disciples for when he wouldn't be here on earth. And he said this to comfort them to be able to carry out the assignment that was on the disciples' life. Everybody say, I'm a disciple. 
Okay, so he's saying this to you, not just the disciples that were with him. In John 14, verse 27, by the way, we're all with him right now. He's here. John 14, 27 in the NIV, peace I leave with you. Peace, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And check this out. This is a command. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Remember a command, something that's not an option. I'm going to read it again. This is a command. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be bogged down with the things that are happening right now. Don't let your, your hearts be bogged down with elections or the economy or what things look like or the trains that are derailing or the balloons that are flying over our nation from China or what's going on with the border and all the illegals that are coming in or the terrorists that are coming in. Oh, my God, I'm lacking such peace. Why? Maybe you're listening to the news instead of listening to the scripture. Let me go ahead and say we've got a generation that's listening to the news instead of scripture. Because we've got a generation that believes this scripture is flawed. So there can be no peace if you believe there's flaws in the Bible. No wonder we're lacking peace and going insane. No wonder we are looking at trouble and lawlessness. We don't believe that this is the infallible word of God anymore. Duh, we're going to lack peace. So we know the remedy. The amplified version, I love it. It says it like this. It gets all up in your grill. I love the amplified version. John 14, 27, the verse I just read. Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Notice it says let it, because you have the ability to let it or not let it. I'm afraid you let that in. You go, I, no, but I really didn't. No, no, really, honestly, when you didn't take authority in that moment when it started triggering, that word we all love, you get, you get triggered with the fear. You, no, I, in Jesus' name, no. No. Check it out. But then it says this in the Amplified. It says, stop allowing yourselves to get agitated or disturbed. Anybody ever been agitated, like within the past five minutes? Yeah? It says, don't let yourself be agitated. Or disturbed, and do not give yourselves permission to be fearful or intimidated. I love this. Or don't be a coward. Don't be unsettled. Don't be cowardly and unsettled. Guys, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. But we could be at peace even in the trouble. And that's what I'm here to encourage you with. We're in trouble, but you can be at peace. And you can ignore the trouble, being confident and standing on his word. And do you know that that will eradicate the trouble? That's a really good word. How do we eradicate trouble? We live according to the word and we remain at peace. Confidently trusting. That's why A.W. Tozer said, a scared world needs a fearless church that's at peace. How do I get peace? You crack open the word of God. Stop chasing a human being to give you a fake news prophetic word and get the real one that's in scripture. I believe in prophets. I believe in the word of God. I believe in prophetic words. I believe in words of knowledge. I believe in all of that. But I have to test a word coming out of a human being. I don't have to test this. It's already been tested. That's the beauty of scripture. We got... 
prophetic generation skipping to this prophetic conference and that prophetic conference. And I'm all about conferences-ish. I've seen a lot of like hyper, oh, I just want a word. You open up your Bible. Become disciplined in scripture. He's already given you a word. And it's true. The very same generation, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to offend somebody. Sorry. Not sorry. Not even a little bit sorry. The very generation that chases prophetic words from a human being doesn't take this gospel as gospel. Doesn't accept it as truth. I've been in prophetic conferences where I went, you don't even believe the word of God. Why should I listen to you? You're a fake news preacher. I want to call it out. I don't like it. You go, are you angry? I'm angry at the devil. I'm angry at confusion. Because you can't be in confusion and be in peace. And you're, you're not going to lack peace when you're in scripture. This gives you all the peace you need. So how do you get into peace? Stop looking at your iPhone the first thing in the morning and start looking at the scripture. I just ordered a paper Bible because I inevitably, when I go to turn to scripture on my phone, see the text messages that all y'all sent me in Jesus name. I love you. And I don't want to see it until me and Jesus have hung out. And you don't want me to see it until me and Jesus have hung out because my response is different when I've been in the Holy ghost. Like I popped on one liners and you're like, well, what's up with him? Oh, he hasn't been in scripture. Get a paper Bible and put your iPhone on do not disturb or ask AT&T for a tower to blow up again. (laughs) Whatever you need to do. Listen, I believe in all the, I think all these devices that we have are awesome. I'm a techie. I love it. I love it. I do. But I think right now they are being used as a, as a tactic of the enemy far more than we're using it as a tactic of the Holy Ghost. Listen, we're lacking peace. It's not old school to be obsessed with scripture. It's God's school. Do you know that the Bible is not supposed to be, you're not supposed to read the Bible. Did you know that? You go, oh, well, if you just read the Bible. No, it says study and show yourself approved. The problem is you've been reading it instead of studying it. Study the Bible, which now means applying myself to the things that I'm reading. I used to, we used to have these competitions when I was in youth. I had, we had a youth group, you know, we used to call it youth group now, youth ministry, whatever. We've given it sexier terms. You're meeting. It's a collective of, 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 of kids meeting. And we would have these competitions who we would read the most scripture And one day I went, this is the dumbest thing ever because I'm not getting anything. I'm reading tons, but I'm not getting anything out of this. And so I checked out because, you know, I was a loser anyway. I just checked out. I didn't want to win those competitions. But I had a greater understanding of the people that were reading the most scripture because I was studying it. I'd rather you read one verse and really study it than read a chapter and go, I read a chapter. (laughs) Congratulations but you're a moron because you didn't study it. I know that sounds harsh, but I'm, I'm serious. I'm talking to myself. Study to show yourself approved. Start studying scripture and you'll end up at peace. I know I'm a little rough today. I had two cups of coffee instead of one this morning. But guys, 
Right now, the enemy's trying to rob your peace because he's trying to destroy you. And he can destroy you when you're not at peace. But when you're all tore up in the Holy Ghost and you get yourself to where it just feels, you feel light as a feather. Where does that come from? It comes from the Word of God. Equipping you with what the Bible says about you. Not what the mirror says about you. Not what the weight loss program. You know, I was doing diets and Patrick told me, he goes, you need to get off the diet. It's teaching you that food are morals. You know, eating clean is a good thing. But there's a way to do this and you're doing it all wrong. And I realized finally, you're right. And that's why I'm up and down and up and down. Guys, it's the same with Christianity. You don't need to diet on the word of God. You need to just like enjoy it. Chow down on that thing. Eat as much as you can. This is a good thing. And it'll teach you right from wrong. It'll just automatically, you'll catch things. It'll start to convict you when you study it as opposed to reading it. We have a generation that needs to be at peace. Father, we just declare peace over our lives right now. Lord, we declare we're not going to be people who read your word. We're going to be people of your word. That take everything that you said. It's not like Twitter following. Oh, I don't like that. Lord, we're going to all of it. It's an all or nothing book. We're going to apply it and check ourselves out of how we're suddenly experiencing peace that goes beyond our ability to even understand. Boldness that goes beyond their ability to even understand. Lord, this is so key to succeeding in, in all the things that you've assigned us to do. Here's what I want you to do because this is the beginning of peace. For not being in the word and not spending time with the Lord, just right now, just repent. This is between you and God. Every person in here with every eye closed, just a moment between you and God. If you're watching online, a moment between you and God, even if you're driving. Lord, we repent. We thank you, Lord, that when we do, you wash us clean. Your righteousness becomes a robe that we can wear and your peace comes in like a flood and infiltrates our lives when we live according to your word. We thank you for peace that surpasses our understanding. We speak it over our household. We speak it over this week. We speak it over our lives. Just say it right now. I declare peace. I declare peace. I declare peace. I declare peace. We take authority over everything that's robbing our peace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, I want you to leave here and have the most peaceful week ever. I want you to have a peaceful day. Hang out with your family. If you're a parent, start reading scripture with your kids. Introduce them to peace. This book, it's a book of peace. How many of you felt the peace of the Lord and and the wonder of God this morning? He's good. Can we give him a shout of praise? If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.